This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollock. Samsung is named 50 schools as state winners in the latest round of a STEM competition. We'll talk about that. Citing the decline of medical schools, one Republican member of the House of Representatives is looking to establish bylaws that make sure medical schools teach about medicine. Some are calling it divisive. And there is a survey being done, an anonymous survey, out to collect data on the state's current broadband status. We'll have that in a moment. Missouri military historian Jeremy Amick joins Ashley Bird to talk about his latest book about Camp Clark in Nevada that served many purposes for more than 100 years. Jefferson Barracks, you know, it, it's been written about ad nauseum. I mean, it, it's been covered. Uh, Fort Leonard Wood's been written about. You know, there's nothing that I can really add to the conversation there on it. And Whiteman Air Force Base, you know, it's kind of the baby of the post, you know, the remaining post here in Missouri. And it's been written about quite a bit. So um, having myself also served at Camp Clark and Camp Crowder, I realized that they had fascinating history that had never been shared, or if it had, it really had been shared in a, in a formalized book type uh, structure. So a few years ago, I um, got permission from the Adjutant General of the Missouri National Guard to go down there and, uh, to Camp Crowder in the Oshel, Missouri, and do some research. And I ended up uh, writing a book from that. And uh, as part of that process, I went and met with a uh, Mort Walker, who was the creator of Beetle Bailey, because uh, he got the um, the insp- largest part of his inspiration for that comic strip came from his own service at Camp Crowder. So that aside, I ended up writing this book about Camp Crowder down in 2019, and it uh, was a major Signal Corps training site in World War II, still remains as a Missouri National Guard training site. Well, fast forward to last year, 2022, you know, we're still kind of under the whole COVID protocols. We're you know, everybody hunkers down and stays away from one another. So uh, kind of gave me a little bit of time to reflect on, well, you know, it'd be neat to do a story on our book on Camp Clark because Camp Clark is also Missouri National Guard training site. And it predates Camp Crowder, predates Fort Leonard Wood, predates Whiteman Air Force Base. It was established in 1908 as the uh, state rifle range. So, uh, again, permission from the adjutant general to go down there and do some research and collect photographs and uh, put the book together. And this book is filled with photographs. And I noticed that you had so many different sources for those photographs. How much work did you have to do to collect all of those? In all these books are are quite an endeavor. Um, I think they were, I think I was allotted a 18,000 word count by the publisher. And I was right up to the wall on it. I mean, it was like 17,900 and something that I was, I could have gone over, trust me. But, uh, uh, so, I mean, it was very verbose, but, you know, you always hear the, uh, the old phrase, a uh, picture is worth a thousand words. And that's certainly true here. I mean, those pictures really paint a story and it was fun to be able to research and, you know, it's research in each individual photo is a lot of work, especially when you have a book that's, uh, has about 200 photographs. So it's like, uh, writing a different story each time you, you know, you're writing just the, the caption for the photo, but it was very it was fun in that I, I got to meet a lot of different people in the process. You know, I worked a lot with the Missouri National Guard headquarters staff. I worked with the uh, uh, Museum of Missouri Military History. Again, I went down to Camp Clark and met with the staff down there. I met with some people who had who'd been around Camp Clark all their lives, and they had photos as well. There's a Bushwhacker Museum down in Nevada that uh, shared with me photographs and 
uh, just being able to to see the photos that are out there and then to put them in a uh, in a in a collected work, uh, I think really helps preserve the story of Camp Clark, which continues to be told, by the way, since it's still being used as a Missouri National Guard training site. Still being told, still being used. We're talking to Jeremy Amick as a Missouri military historian about Camp Clark. That's his book. So to see all of these photographs, it's called Camp Clark. And you can find it on many different outlets. Um, so you talked about it, it being started uh, as a marksmanship training site. It was actually a state rifle range. So let's talk briefly about each of the iterations of the site and, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the significant things that those that, that meant. Well, I mean, the, the layout of the land down there is, you know, it's very flat. It, it drained well. So to really uh, help provide the Missouri National Guard with a uh, combined training location, I mean, uh, prior to this, uh, there's a lot of troops that would, uh, you've probably heard of Swope Park in Kansas City. A lot of Missouri Guard troops trained in Swope Park, um, you know, prior to uh, Camp Clark being established. And, uh, well, I keep saying Camp Clark, but at that time in 1908, it was a state, state rifle range. And this, a lot of this came uh, came to be through, it was called the Dick Act, and it was named, I kind of cover that briefly in the book, it was named for a, a congressman that helped, uh, through his act, he helped uh, modernize the National Guard, you know, to, to prepare them for future, to basically formalize their training, because it, but prior to this, it was kind of, you know, very loose in some locations and it's a good thing that that happened when it did because not too long after well here comes world war one that being said with the uh, the rifle range established um the mexican border campaign unfolded you know when we went down to the border to uh, chase Ponsovia, and of course uh the camp clark became a mobilization site for that and a training site and then the following year in august 1917 the entire National Guard of the United States was um, drafted in the federal service for World War One, and uh, 10,000 Missouri National uh, Guard soldiers uh, trained through Camp Clark in preparation for their uh, potential deployment overseas uh, to France uh, during the war. And, um, you know, again, it was the state rifle range, but sometime uh, a few years after it was developed or established, they started calling it this kind of loosely referring to it as Camp Clark uh, in honor of General Harvey C. Clark, who was a very popular commanding general of the Missouri National Guard. Then when he passed in uh, 1921, I believe it was, uh, they went ahead and uh, formally named the, the it Camp Clark in his honor. It's hosted um, training for the 110th Observation Squadron, which was established in St. Louis. That was the uh, basically the uh, the birth of the Missouri Air National Guard. And um, there's a gentleman you probably heard of who was part of that, uh, Charles Lindbergh. Uh, he trained there at Camp Clark. They you know about brought their old World War II planes down there to train uh, prior to his transatlantic flight. And it just really has a, again a fascinating history. During World War II, it was federalized. It became a site where they interred. Uh, both German and Italian prisoners of war. And in more recent years, it's a lot of money been, has been invested in it, uh, new, newer facilities built. And again, it can, it's a Missouri National Guard training site that's been used for pre-mobilization training as well. So it's still being used. What makes this site perfect for all these different situations? Well, I think like Clark, just basically it was it was away from a lot of uh, heavily populated areas. 
uh, you know, so they wouldn't be uh, a lot of times they were worried, I guess, if they're around popular area, populated areas, you would have a, if you have a rifle practice going on or those types, types of thing, you know, tank training, uh, it, you know, that you might have the residents on the uh, the borders or the fringes uh, uh, complaining about the disruption that may cause. So uh, the land was cheap back when the, these places were established as well. It's a uh, good drainage. Uh, you know, access to a water supply, uh, it's good water, clean water supply, uh, where they could locations they could put, you know, um, sewage for large numbers of, of troops as well. Places that um, for tents, you know, when they have these training exercises and for many years at Camp Clark, they had uh, what they call tank trails, but they don't do that anymore. They go to different locations now for that. But uh, it's hosted, like I said, a lot of interesting, interesting history throughout the years. We're talking to Jeremy Amick about his new book called Camp Clark, a history of a very much used military site in Nevada. As you put together all of these amazing photographs, can you mention one or two that surprised you or just just really taught you something you didn't even know was was there? Yeah, I'm flipping through here. There was one and let me get back to it real quick that I that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And that was the one that I received. It was from the Bushwhacker Museum. And there was a gentleman down there, uh, Captain Arthur Pratt. He was assigned to Camp Clark. Uh, he was in charge of some of the military policemen that guarded the uh, POWs there during the war. And, uh, you know, many of these uh, German POWs would participate in recreational activities such as painting. And the museum down there had a beautiful painting that uh, one of these uh, talented German POWs did of uh, Heidi, Heidi Lamar, who was a Austrian-born American film actress and inventor. And it was neat just seeing that that creative work being preserved there in the museum and then seeing some of the, uh, uh, I was able to access you know, a couple pictures of some of the Italian POWs that were interred there uh, during the war. And um well, the connection to Charles Lindbergh, to me, that was just very fascinating. You know, this was all, uh, of course, years prior to the, the Lindbergh baby and uh, any alleged Nazi sympathies that uh, uh, may have existed. But, uh, uh, the, you know, this is when he became a, right before he became a national hero and uh, made his transatlantic flight. So, I mean, Charles Lindbergh's definitely a, a polarizing historic figure, but uh, uh, he's definitely a major historical figure non- nonetheless. So it's just neat that he was he was tied uh, to that camp. And, and then again, a lot of people, I think, uh, from that region have heard of Camp Clark. Uh, they know what camp, they know Camp Clark's there, but nobody really knew who Camp Clark was named for. So being able to share some of the history of General Harvey Clark uh, was very exciting as well. Jeremy, thank you so much for continuing to chronicle all of this military history in Missouri through books and articles and things like that. You truly are a resource, and we appreciate your being with us on Show Me Today, The Voice of Missouri.